This is Pace the Nation. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. We are back in the heart of all things. Of course, that is Clarendon, back for episode number 273. I'm your host, Chris Farley. I am flying solo today. Uh, unfortunately, my co-host wife, Julie Cully, uh, she is uh, busy with her actual real job and she's actually putting on this very big track meet and she's uh, got a, a ton of work for it. Uh, big track meet is Brooks PR coming up here in the middle of June and it's relevant to today's show and we'll get into that. But first, before we get into that, you know, it takes a village to kind of make these things happen. I got uh, behind the scenes, we got uh, Stoner working with me. Uh, the great folks over at Rep the District, they're helping me out. Uh, you know, I got friends and family members booking guests. And today, I'm really excited about the guests that we've booked. Uh, props, props, and thank yous for helping make these guests possible. Let me give you the props and the thank yous before we get into who the actual guests are. Uh, I want to say thanks to Alton McKenzie and Paul Whitaker. Uh, they were teammates at Georgetown back in the early 90s. And they helped secure one of my guests. And uh, Alton is a, the director of, of track and field at Georgetown. Uh, also, thanks to a good buddy of mine, Tim Fahey, and his son, Brendan Fahey. They helped me with some questions for my other guests. Um, they are uh, in Pennsylvania. And Brendan goes to Archbishop uh, Wood High School with one of my guests for today. Uh, also, the person who really made all this happen, put all this together is Julie, uh, who isn't here. But thanks, Julie, for connecting all the dots. So uh, it is a high school theme today. Uh, Julie is putting on this Brooks PR meet. Both of these kids will be running at Brooks PR. We've got two guests, two exciting guests, two of the hottest runners in all of high school running right now. Today on Pace Nation, joining us will be Gary Martin, who is a Sub four minute mile miler. He just ran 357 in the mile and he runs for Archbishop Wood High School. And the other guest, her dad went to Georgetown. Friend of the family is uh, Alton McKenzie, the director of, of track and field and cross country at Georgetown. Our guest today is Juliet Whitaker, one of the star runners in all of the country. Uh, she just broke the two-minute barrier in the 800. She goes to Mount D. Sales High School. And it, really incredible how fast uh, some of these kids are running, especially our two guests today. So I'm going to try something different, a little bit unique today. I'm going to bring them both in initially, and we're going to talk to them for a second. But I got to give both of them equal time. So I want to give them equal time to tell their stories to the Pace the Nation audience. So we'll give 
Gary 20 minutes and then give Juliet 20 minutes and then we'll bring them back together. And you know what? Maybe I'll quiz them. You know, it's high school. It's finals times. Do they even have finals in high school? I don't know. But we'll quiz them at the end. I'll ask them questions about each other, what they learned about each other uh, during the interview. So with that, really excited to have two of the top runners in the country right now. They're high school athletes. Gary Martin, Juliet Whitaker, join us next here on Pace the Nation. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and DC. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program. And now I am very excited to be joined via the StreamYard. I see them both on my screens. I've got Gary Martin. He is of Archbishop Wood High School. And Juliet Whitaker of, is it Mount DeSoles? What, what's, is that, is that your high Mount, school, Juliet? Mount DeSales. Mount DeSales High School. High school athletes, they're running like professionals, but I got them both here together. Gary just broke four minutes in the mile running, 357. Juliet just broke two minutes in the 800, running 159. Juliet, Gary, welcome to Pace the Nation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. All right. So this is what we're going to do. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Awesome to have you guys both. This is what we're going to do. I got to give equal time. I, you guys go both have amazing stories. So I'm going to have Gary start and I'm going to have Juliet exit. And we're going to have 20 minutes with Gary Martin. Fourth fastest outdoor uh, miler ever. Fifth all time because somebody had a little faster indoors. And then we're going to have Juliet Whitaker, second fastest 800 meter runner ever. I'm going to spend 20 minutes with Gary. I'm going to spend 20 minutes with individually with Juliet. And then we're going to bring you back together. Okay, guys. And I know it's, it's, it's almost June. It's finals time in high school and there's going to be a test. So I want you guys both to pay attention to your interviews and Juliet's going to answer something about Gary and Gary's going to answer something about Juliet. Do you guys understand the assignment? Yes. All right. Awesome. All right, Juliet, we're going to have you pop off and I'm going to start you with you, Gary. Uh, Gary, yes. so yep, great. We do. So, so great to have you, man. Uh, I got to, I said this before, uh, I got to give props to uh, Julie Cully, my wife, who is the race director at Brooks PR. You're running Brooks PR again. So thank you for that. Uh, also, big props to my buddy, Tim Fahey and Brendan Fahey, who is a teammate of yours. And idolizes Gary Martin. Do you run with 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 my buddy Brent, uh, Tim's uh, son Brendan? I don't. I don't think I have too much because we're distance is sometimes a little separate, and we had like our distance groups a little, a little um, well, off from the from the sprinters. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, you guys are you guys are on the same team, and and uh, you know, not many people can run with you right now, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> you do a lot of your stuff, I imagine, by yourself at this point. Yeah, it's a mix. I mean, I've every I mean, I'll do some easy running with the teams, but a lot of the workouts are on my own. I mean, I practice with the team. We do similar workouts, like similar, like maybe they'll do eight by two hundred, I'll do twelve by two hundred or something like that. Like it'll be modified. But it's definitely a lot of 
pacing myself and running on my own in practice, which I think helps build some of the mental toughness for races. All right. I want to talk about this 357 uh, mile and incredible. Um, but a little bit before we do that, um, you weren't necessarily a, you know, this wasn't always your thing running. Like you really started seriously running two and a half years ago. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I used to be baseball, soccer, basketball. I wasn't, I wasn't a real runner. I just kind of played those sports for fun and I never really took track that seriously. <laughs> and you're a big basketball fan, 76ers, Mark, um, big 76ers fan. Did you envision yourself as more of a basketball player growing up and didn't even think about running? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I don't think I ever saw myself as too much of an athlete moving forward. I mean, I, I was always okay at basketball, soccer, baseball, but I was never great. So I never saw myself playing and even in high school, much, nevertheless college. So I think I just was kind of going to play those sports through high school and like intramural or travel teams for fun and never take it that seriously. And I, up until freshman year, I never really gave running too much of a thought. And I, I listened to you on the uh, Sidious Mag podcast. Chris did a great job with you, uh, as he always does. It's one of my favorite shows. So thanks for helping me prep Chris Chavez for this interview. Um, I know you started getting calls from schools, uh, you know, earlier, you know, probably in cross country, maybe your junior year. Uh, when did you realize, like, this is going to be my mm -hmm. thing? I'm going to be a runner in college. And I want to talk about the school you're going to. Yeah, I think the first time I really had that realization that I can, that I wanted to run in college and that it was a realistic goal was my sophomore year. Because at the end of my freshman year, I had, I had had some success. Like I ran 206 in the 800 and 54 in the 400. And I remember sitting with my dad and looking at recruiting standards for schools and thinking that if I improved a lot by, by the end of senior year, maybe I could go to, would go to a low, le low level D1 or maybe mm. go like, get money from a D2 school or something. So that was kind of like, where the wheels started turning. But then sophomore year was when I kind of had my breakout and I realized that I had more talent than I thought. And if I kept working hard, I could really take the sport somewhere and run for schools that were better than, better than I thought I could ever run for and really <laughs> make something out of it. And you know, you, you had a, uh, you started running really well your junior and senior year. So it was evident you were going to go to a big time school. I went to Virginia. I ran for Virginia. Dude, we've got a text string with all my buddies from Virginia who are so excited to see Gary Martin running for the Orange and Blue or the Wahoos next year. What was it about Virginia that that said this is the place for me? I mean, I know, I know, but just tell my tell our audience. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot of things. It's it's funny because Vin Lanana, the coach, um, head coach of Virginia, he's been there for a few years now, and I think he's he's the first thing people think of when they think Virginia track and field, because he's, he's made a name for himself in the sport. He's the president of USA track and field. He's coached at Oregon, Stanford, Dartmouth, and he's, he's won a lot. He knows how to win, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that. I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in him as a coach. I trust his training. It's very similar to what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. I like coach Dunbar is a fantastic coach. I'm excited to run under him, but what really sold me was just visiting the school meeting the kids on the team, seeing what kind of culture I'd be in for four years and figuring out like, Hey, like this is the group of people I want to be around. I really see myself fitting in and I think I can succeed here as well as the schools. Just, it was a fantastic 
fantastic academically. It was great. I love the campus and I just saw myself living there and being happy. I, I'm going to tell Juliet this too. Um, and Charlottesville is amazing and where she's going is amazing as well, man. Enjoy that experience. It, I look back on it 20 plus years later, running with the team, being there in Charlottesville was the best years of my life. Um, sorry to my wife, but it was really like <laughs> some of the best years um, of my life. And whether you're there running for four years, two years, whatever it is, man, soak it in. I will. I'm super excited. It's going to be, it's going to be a brand new experience and it's going to be super fun for me. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. But when coach Finn recruited you, you weren't, you were great. Don't get me wrong, but you weren't 357 great. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. So you ran a 357. Again, that's the fifth fastest ever, uh, fourth fastest outdoor time that anybody has ever run in the U.S. Um, and it was an all high school meet, which was the fastest time that anybody's ever run in an all high school meet. Solo, like 357. I mean, not only did you break four, you blew the doors off. Tell me a little bit about that race and like, what was that experience like? How excited are you to be a 357 miler? I mean, it's, I think it's obvious. I think it's, I don't think anyone's surprised I'm going to say this, but it's super exciting. It's, it's still kind of surreal. It's one of those things where I'm, I'm running races leading up to it and I'm having great workouts and training and I'm, I'm confident that I'm in shape to do it and to break four, but it's, it's a completely different feeling actually going out there and getting that time and hearing them announce 357.98 after the race and realizing you've done it versus thinking you could do it before the race. Yeah. And you, you, you did it. And what, what just struck me about the race is that again, all high school meet, it was like, it wasn't what, you know, I, you know, I remember watching Alan Webb run, uh, you know, 353 live at Prefontaine, you know, at a, at a big meet, this was a small meet. I mean, relatively small. It's not a, it wasn't a small meet, but it wasn't a professional meet. And you ran two races afterwards. I mean, I, I, I it just blows my mind. Did what, what the mile I assume was first. Did you think, wow, it's not going to get better than this. Maybe I blow off the 800 and the 400, but you ran those, right? I mean, what was your thought process after finishing and running 357? I think it was just like, I mentioned this a, a bit before in other interviews, but part of it was that I wanted to score points for my team because it was it was our, our league championship. So we're we're trying to place as high in the team standings as possible. And we had we have a good team this year. So we have a lot of talent across the board. So it was mm -hmm. kind of trying to take advantage of having multiple guys on the team who can score. And also just, going out and proving that I can, I can still come back and run at 800. Cause I was, I think I was more nervous going into the 800 than I was the mile because the mile I felt, I felt confident I was going to, I was going to win it to be honest. Like I, there wasn't <laughs> the time gap going in was, I, I know that I don't mean to sound cocky, but going into it, like I looking at the guys in the league and the, the time gap, like I thought I could, based on what I was, how I felt, I thought I was going to run a really fast time and be able to win. And there wasn't really any pressure. Like I didn't tell anyone I was going to go for sub four. So I didn't feel the pressure to do that. Like if I ran 402, I don't think anyone except myself would have really known or been disappointed. And then, but going into the 800, I knew it was going to be a good battle because Quinn Worrell from St. Joe's Prep had just run 152 mm -hmm. on a four by eight split earlier in the, earlier in the meet. And he's a fantastic runner. So 
I was I was excited for the battle against him. I didn't want to miss it. That's why I came back at the 800. But I was also definitely more nervous because I knew I was going to have to pull out a really good race again. Well, you did. And then you ran a 400 as well, which is insane. Uh, what was your yes. 400 time? It was 49-1. And that was, that was the most disappointing race of the day because we... <laughs> We lost by two one thousandths of a second. It was like it was a photo finish at the finish line. It was it was a great race. It was awesome, and it pushed me to run the fastest four by four split in my life. But I was definitely a little disappointed losing that close of a race. All right, amazing, amazing. Um, I can't believe you're disappointed after you ran the fourth fastest outdoor time ever. But that's fine. Um, I and and another thing, and I got to give Sidious uh, props to this. I, I don't think Chris dove in this with you, but did you play basketball? after this race i did so this is the full story is we have every year my school does um where the archbishop would vikings so they have viking thon which is based off of penn state's thon which is a mm-hmm. fun ra- a fundraiser for childhood cancer so it's like you can't it's like 10 hours straight of you're not allowed to sit down and you're raising money for kids with childhood cancer so dancing i missed the first yeah dance dancing for the most part but we when i by the time i got there they were six hours in so i only got to stay for the last three hours and but there was a lot of basketball knockout three on three so i played basketball for a while and it was fun it was a good time I, I, do you think jim ryan after he set the, the after he broke four minutes in the in the do you think he went and played hoops for a couple hours after his after his race uh, i mean do you think alan webb after he ran 353 at prefontaine said hey where's the nearest hoops court here in eugene <laughs> do you think that that happened I don't know. I guess you'd have to ask them. I mean, they both, you never know. I'm sure they have their own crazy stories. <laughs> that's that's absolutely true. Um, so speaking of, of crazy stories, how crazy has it been? I mean, you're running times like a professional right now, right? How crazy has it been? Do your high school friends get it? Are you doing regular high school things? Are you going to prom and, you know, like, going to beach you're not going to beach week i assume i assume like how crazy has it been as you wind down a really important part of your life high school and then you're on fire in this direction with your running is that a conflict have they meshed well together how's it been a little bit i mean i'd be lying if i said it wasn't a little crazy because the past two weeks have probably been the craziest of high school with events with the end of the year and stuff winding down and then track season, we're getting into racing season. So it's like, I have multiple races every week. I have multiple school events every week. So it's definitely, it's not, it's hard to balance both, but I feel like I've done a pretty good job of it. And it's been, it's been fun. Like it's been a fun couple of weeks and it's been all the, all the, like the aftermath of the mile has still been setting in. It's been, it's been really exciting for me. It's different than anything I've, I've had before. Like it's a lot more attention and credit for a race and it's, it's definitely very cool. So it's definitely just about balancing that with school and the end of the year. All right. And Gary, it, it has been a lot of attention and which is crazy. You're 18 years old. Um, I'll say this from me personally, you know, we're big into running. Um, you know, my wife, uh, is run sports marketing for Brooks and puts on the Brooks PR meet was a professional runner. You know, I was a I was a hack runner at Virginia, not nearly as good as you, but you know, we <laughs> I, I I ran at Virginia. My son, I, he's only he's about five and a half. He's almost six. I showed him pictures of you because this is what the world is now. You can see immediately what happens in races like yours. 
you're up in Pennsylvania. I'm in here in Arlington, right outside DC. And I can show him the race, uh, or that you, what you did. And my son has glasses and curly hair. And I swear that day you ran 357. I've got a picture and Chris, I'm going to have you put this picture up. My son was inspired. And so he was out like putting himself in, in, and he's five and a half. He's like putting himself in racing uh, blocks. Like he's out racing. And again, I'll put up a picture here. If you're doing the video feed, you are inspiring young kids. Even my son, how does that feel? It's honestly, it's crazy to me. Like it's like, I, I know I mentioned this before and it's all happened very fast and it's, it's still kind of setting in. Like it's, I'm not, like I see myself as being inspired by other people. I, it's hard for me to imagine that I'm inspiring other people as well, which I mean, it means the world to me. It's super cool. And it's, I hope maybe, I mean, I know there's not, there's not a ton of runners out there with like, or top runners of glasses. So hopefully it's inspiring more people to wear their glasses. And I, I don't know what it's inspiring, but hopefully it's, it's making some type of difference, but it means the world. That's super cool to me. That's really cool. So dude, did you, and my wife and I just talked and I'm going to get Juliet in here in a second, but I, my wife and I were just talking about our son's glasses and we were thinking about goggles or contacts. Did you ever do the goggles? Cause you did other sports. You played baseball, you played basketball, you played soccer. Did you do the goggles? Cause a lot of times my son, like he's got the curly hair, it's sweating everywhere during soccer. He'll throw his off his glasses. Did you goggles or contacts ever? I, I contacts. Cause I was, I was never good at touching my eye. I still, I still don't like to touch my eyes. So contacts were never a good option for me, but I always had the sports goggles. I got, I got my glasses in fifth grade. And then I was, I was very much into soccer, baseball, basketball, and I wore goggles for all of them. Even, I mean, even now I, we had a school basketball tournament three weeks ago and I threw the goggles on. Cause I was like, I don't want to risk breaking my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to get Juliet in here, but I, I just can't wait for what Trevor and Ven think of a coach is Trevor, a coach Ven think of you running uh, or playing basketball uh, after, after some of your meets at Virginia. I, I think Gary, your basketball days might be numbered. Yeah, that's, that's okay. I'm kind of, I expected it. It's, I haven't, I don't, I haven't played basketball much in the past few years either while I've been running. It's just been a couple school tournaments and stuff for right. fundraisers and, I've hopped in and it's been fun, <laughs> but I'm, ex I wouldn't be surprised if they're numbered as well. Yeah. yeah. Which is okay. Which is okay. You got a lot of other athletic pursuits. I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, exactly. All right. One last thing before I get you out of here, and we'll get you back in uh, coach Paul. What has he meant for you to you? You just, I mean, you're kind of athlete who could say, all right, I'm going to have my own coach. I'm going to find a coach coach Paul. What has he meant for you uh, with you for your four years there at our archbishop wood? He's meant the world for me. And I think it's besides just being a good coach and really clicking with me training wise, he's someone who I know always has my best interest in mind. And he's, he's going to bat for me always. I mean, getting me into meets and just looking out for me and traveling constantly. And he does a lot of little things that I feel like he doesn't have to do. Like it's not his responsibility as a coach to do some of these little things, but it's more so just because he cares about me as a person as well as an athlete. And he's really always looking out for me and has my best interest in mind. So I couldn't, ask for a better coach. Yeah. Well, he's a great coach. He's a great X's and O's coach too. He's obviously got you to pretty, pretty, uh, the highest of heights here. So, uh, congrats to him too. All right, Gary, I'm going to have you slide yeah. off into the background. You're going to listen to Juliet, one of the best athletes in the country right now. Both of you guys are, but in the 800, 
Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have Gary exit, and we're gonna bring in Juliet Whitaker. Uh, so Chris, if you could bring in Juliet, Juliet Whitaker joins us, and you're still here. Did you did you hear? Did you listen to the interview with with Gary that we just did? Yes, I was uh, making sure I was listening. <laughs> taking notes, awesome. All right, so we got Juliet Whitaker. Uh, I, I said this before you came on. Big props to um, your dad for for hooking hooking us up and making sure that we got this interview. And I uh, talked to the director of track and field at Georgetown, Alton McKenzie. Got some background on you. He's a family friend. Uh, so thanks to uh, Paul Whitaker and Alton McKenzie for helping me out uh, with this interview. So, Juliet, um, we're going to talk about your sub two. You're, you've had amazing success all throughout your high school career. But growing up, did you know, I mean, you're both your parent, your mom and your dad both ran at Georgetown. Did you know what kind of athletes they were? Did you know that they were, you know, star athletes in their own right as you're growing up? Not really. I feel like they told me a lot, but I kind of just like pushed it aside. I was like, eh, whatever. Like <laughs> I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty focused on swimming. And honestly, I just like did not understand the running world at all. Um, and just really did not think about it much. So your dad was, uh, he ran for the Hoyas. Um, he, and your mom did as well. Uh, your mom shorter distance, your dad, 800 meter runner. He was a 147 athlete at Georgetown and, you know, which is incredibly fast, especially back. I think he was, uh, in the early nineties, but he had two guys in front of him that were even, even better than he was. So, uh, it's pretty amazing, uh, that, that he had Rich Kana, Brian Woodward and Paul Whitaker all on the same four by eight team. Unbelievable. So, uh, I just got to give him some props because, uh, you know, he was an amazing runner in his own right. And I know he's coaching you now. Um, what was the decision like for you to, you decided to have your dad coach you, right? Like, what was that decision like? And has he coached you all four years in high school? Yeah. So basically freshman year, um, I just like ran with the team, um, under like the high school coach. Um, and then like pretty much sophomore year when I had qualified for a footlocker, um, all the other girls had started indoor track. So my high school coach was kind of focusing on that but I was still training for cross country. So then my dad just started giving me workouts um, and we just saw that it started to work. Um, and then eventually my dad started coaching for my school too. So he coaches the other sprinters um, and me. So then it kind of just, um, yeah, kind of just came from there and he's been coaching me since. All right. And I want to stick on your family here. Um, so you're going to Stanford, super exciting, but you're one of four. You're the baby of the family. First one not to go to an Ivy. How tough of a decision was that? Because your your siblings went to Harvard, Yale, and Penn. Yeah, yeah, definitely the first one. But um, I wasn't really, you know, looking at colleges, I was never like, oh, like it has to be Ivy League. I looked at a few, um, and I definitely, you know, wanted a school with great academics, but I just didn't think that it had to be an Ivy League school. Um, so, you know, I obviously ended up settling with Stanford. Settling. Settling's not the right word. Still has great academics. Right. (laughs) They have amazing, amazing academics, amazing program. You're going to be running for JJ Clark. How excited are you to run for JJ? So excited. You know, he's obviously had so much success um, in the 800 specifically, which was really perfect for me. Um, And I'm just really excited to see, you know, what I can do under his training and with the team. Awesome. Well, you, you, um, your siblings were also runners. Well, I think, Two of your siblings ran in college, correct? 
Yes, yeah. My one brother who went to Yale, he walked on um, and ran there, and then Bella runs at Penn. And Bella runs at Penn, and she's a, a great runner in her own right. But you mentioned earlier, it, running wasn't always it. You, you grew up as a swimmer? Yeah, yeah. I started swimming when I was about seven years old, I think, um, and swam up until high school when I ultimately just kind of made the decision to make the switch. Um, it was, I loved swimming at first, but by the end, you know, I was mainly just sticking around just because I liked the girls on the team, not really because I liked running or swimming. Um, right. So, yeah, so I ultimately just kind of changed. Um, couldn't do both sports in high school, so had to just stop the one and, you know, begin running. Well, uh, this is probably this is probably uh, Alton recreating history, but he said, listen, I went in to see Paul and I went into the living room. This is Alton McKenzie, the director of track and field. And I said, Juliet, you got to start running enough of this swimming business for you. Do you remember a conversation like that? I remember them coming um, over and I, I feel like I remember us talking about it. But again, like, you know, when I was swimming, like pretty much swimming was just like my whole world. So when people would say, you know, maybe try you running or something like that, I really just like pushed it aside because I was like running. Like, why would I run? I'm swimming. <laughs> well, swimming ultimately did help you, um, you know, with your running, obviously, because you had a stress fracture earlier this year. You did a lot of swimming. How tough was that? And you've obviously re recovered. How long were you off and how much swimming did you have to do during that time? Yeah. So I think I was out for, I want to say about four weeks to six weeks. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, it was definitely really hard. You know, it was right at the beginning of indoor season and I had a bunch of meets like kind of lined up. Um, and it was just so hard to like end up having to, you know, pull out of them. And I had such big goals that I wanted to like, reach and so it was really hard because I kind of felt like you know I couldn't really do anything like I just felt very stuck but definitely swimming was such a big help um you know because I obviously was still able to get in really great workouts so I wasn't really having to lose any fitness um and it honestly just like gave me a good time to just kind of regroup and like refresh my goals and just kind of um just take a break which I think I really needed how long did you take off from total running during that time I think it was about four weeks. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. That, that, that says a lot that you can get, do, get a lot of stuff done um, because you've had a great, great season. You ran, um, you know, so you, you, your outdoor season, did you open at Penn? Was that your opener or did you race before that? Um, why am I not remembering? I did. did high school, like just league meets, mm -hmm. um, but wasn't really like, kind of just using them as workouts. And then, oh, I did do one like small invitational in Maryland where I ran the two mile and the um, mile leg in a DMR. So you, you ran very well at Penn, 441, 201. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily say you're ready to break two, but how did you feel? Did you feel like, all right, I'm back after Penn? Did you feel really confident about your season? Yeah, I think I felt pretty confident. I think I definitely was a bit bummed at first um, when I saw that I ran 201 just because, you know, I was thinking I was maybe in better shape than that. And just like having run 201 a good amount of times before that, you know, I was kind of ready to, you know, get under that mark. But I think honestly, that just boosted my confidence because, you know, running that 201 the day after running the mile, I think just really excited me for what I could do on fresh legs. Yeah.
Absolutely. And um, I heard another podcast. I got to give again, props to Sidious Mag that you had on your mirror. I don't, I'm looking in your background. I don't see the mirror there. It said sub two and national record. So, I mean, you were gunning for this sub two and national record. Did you think it was going to come together when it did in New York? Yeah, so I'd, I'd written that um, on my bathroom mirror, actually. <laughs> um, and yeah, I kind of was just like, you know what, Ryan, why not just like put it up on the wall? Um, you know, yeah, just put it out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the main thing I wrote sub two really big and then just like in small letters underneath national record because I definitely, you know, that would have been great to get it. Um, but it also wasn't like the main goal. And I honestly didn't even know what the time was. I knew it was 159 something. So, um, you know, I was just kind of going for that. And I think I really just like going into that New York me, um, I just felt really confident in my training at the time. Um, and I think I just like went into the race more confident than I, than I had ever gone into a race before. Um, usually, you know, I'm pretty like timid or kind of scared to like set bigger goals, but I think just going into it, um, I just like really wanted this goal. All right. And, um, I talked to Gary a little bit about some of the, um, you know, uh, the day of different experience. He played basketball after he ran 357. You, I mean, you guys, it, it, it really struck me listening to you describe your, on another podcast, your sub two, like you're going through like regular stuff, like high school stuff. Like you were late to the icon stadium. Like you guys were trying to get to New York and you're like running late to Icon Stadium thinking I might miss the race like any uh, any high schooler would. Like how nerve wracking was it for you? Your dad must have been like going nuts, uh, road raging on his way to New York. Yeah, we were both pretty stressed. <laughs> we, we, I mean, usually like it wouldn't have only took like three and a half hours. We left at like one thirty, So, you know, we were thinking like we'd be there around five, like plenty of time. Sure. Um, but there was just a ton of traffic and we didn't end up getting there until like 720. Oh, and originally, gosh. yeah, originally the race is supposed to be at 755. So I was really freaking out because I was like, oh my gosh, like there's no way I'm going to have time to warm up or literally anything but thankfully because of the storms they delayed the races so it ended up getting pushed back to 8:20. so i at least had an hour um and so that kind of calmed my nerves a bit i tried to you know not stress myself out not waste um like energy on things that i couldn't really control that's great and so i mean you're just going through regular and i just think of you guys running pro times but these are regular things that are happening to high school students which is just amazing um so you come back to school, uh, you're at an all girls school there in Maryland on, on, uh, the, 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 probably the next Monday after the race, do your friends realize, are your friends runners? Do they understand what 159 is? You've run the second fastest high school time ever. Do they have context Were they like, was there like a big parade for you when you got back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely felt just a ton of support, you know, even a lot of my friends who aren't runners, like, they were congratulating me. And like, when I'd be like, standing there, like talking with a few other girls, and like, if one of them didn't know what I did, like another one would like, describe the whole race to her, like, even though they, she had no idea, like about any running, but she, she like, word for word was like saying you know like what I said in my interview and like all this stuff which um just made me feel you know so supported and loved but uh, some of them were still kind of confused I got a few texts that were like 
congrats on the record. And I was like, oh, like, didn't kind really of. Record, yeah. But. I mean, I, you know, it's half of my mirror has been taken care of, not the full mirror. So exactly. So they're, they're half right. Um, so you're done competing in the high yeah. school uniform, which is exciting. So congratulations. Um, but, but for our audience, you, you don't have like a beach week scheduled. You are, wait, let me ask you this. Are you going to prom? Is there a prom at all? How's it working at all girls high school? Are you going to prom? Do you have an end of the year celebration for high school? Yeah. So unfortunately we had prom, um, a few weeks ago, but it was the same weekend as pen relays. And like my race was like the same exact time on the Friday night. So I unfortunately missed it, which I was pretty bummed about. Um, but, you know, I was still really excited to race at Penn. Um, but we do have like a few, you know, events this week. Um, we've actually been out of school for a while, but we've been like having graduation practice. And like today we have baccalaureate mass and then Saturday's graduation. So. All right. So you're getting ready for college, but you got a lot to do before you become the, uh, you know, become part of the Stanford Cardinal team. Um, last year was the Olympic trials. You made the semis of the Olympic trials in the senior division of the Olympic trials, just for, for, for our audience to understand you were competing with the best senior runners in the country and almost how close were you to making the final of the Olympic trials? I was the first spot not to make it. So about like 0.09 away from making it. So essentially that means you were the ninth. So there was eight who made it. So you were the ninth fastest uh, runner in the country senior division, which is just in incredible. Uh, this year is a world championship year and it's back in Eugene. The trials are in Eugene. The world champs is in Eugene. What's your decision? Are you going to run Worlds? You're going to run U20? What do you think? Or, or I, I'm, I, sh I should say, yeah. are you going to attempt to try to qualify for Worlds or, or run, you know, try to qualify for U20 Worlds? Yeah, as of now, I'm pretty set on doing U20s. Um, you know, I just honestly think, you know, for one, I feel like I have, you know, a better shot um, doing U twenties and qualifying for worlds. Um, but I also just really wanted that experience. And I feel like I got, you know, the kind of like senior experience last year running at the trials, but I also like, you know, still want to enjoy, um, the other like meets that I can go to now that I'm still like pretty young. Um, so I think U twenties would just be a great experience. And I know a few friends who are trying to do it too. So it'll be fun. That's awesome. And, and for our audience, U 20 were it's U 20 worlds, right? So you will be competing against, other under 20 athletes from all over the world. And will it be in Eugene as well? No, um, world is actually in Colombia, South America. Awesome. That's fantastic. Have you, tra have you traveled outside the country to race before? Uh, no, not to race. No, oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, I mean, everything's got to go right. You still got to bake the team, but that sounds like it would be amazing experience. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to, we're going to, yes, we're going to bring sure. Gary back in in a second here, but I, I did, I did hear that you listen to podcasts when you, cause you do a lot of running solo as, as you and Gary are, you know, kind of top athletes on your team. You listen to podcasts on your runs. What podcasts, I mean, Sidious mag, we love Chris, love those guys. You're going to have to start listening to pace the nation. So I'm not asking if you listen to pace the nation, but, uh, <laughs> What other, what podcast do you listen to when you're, when you're on your run? Give me some recommendations. Cause I listen to podcasts too. Yeah. I mean, I love listening to, you know, obviously Sidious Mag, um, and also, um, Allie on the run, love Allie on the yep. run. Um, listen to her a lot. 
um and also see totally run yep. and trying to think well, you're running podcasts um, you are into running podcasts wow yes yes That's awesome <laughs> and and i agree i i, I think podcasts are uh, perfect because it, it they they aren't you know it music gets you too high or too low so i, I like it just nice and medium when you're listening to a, a podcast so all right, we'll throw Pace the Nation in the mix on your next run. So we'll get you. We'll get. You. And I know, uh, you know, not listen for me. Listen to Julie. Julie's known you forever, so uh, you'll have to listen to Julie. She's she's the star of the show. Sorry, she couldn't be here today. All right, Chris, let's bring Gary back in. Uh, I want to address a couple things with both you guys. Uh, Gary, great to see you. Glad that you stayed with us throughout. I'm impressed. Um, you follow directions. Both of you guys are awesome. Um, all right. So a, a couple quick ones for both of you guys. You both seem very happy for your competitors. Um, you know, I, I think that's awesome. I mean, you're ultra competitive, but very happy for your competitors as well. Uh, Gary, I'll start with you. Why is that important? I think it's one of those things where when you, when you step out on the track, you have to be ultra competitive and cutthroat and you want to, you want to race as fast as you can and win, but you have to be able to recognize that the faster your competitors run, the better it is for the sport and the better, the better everyone else will run. So if you have, if you're being pushed by the people around you, then you're only going to run faster. And I think especially it's important to recognize that all your competitors are just like you, they're putting in, they're working hard and they're putting in the miles and the hard workouts and they deserve a lot of credit because like I said, they're the ones who are going to push you. So you need to, it's, it's not, it, obviously, like I said, you want to be ultra competitive when you're out on the track, but it's good to, have those people who you're friends with and keep your competitors close and really yeah. push, push, and Juliet, push them to be you better. Do, you do that, Juliet. You got a text string with some of the fastest uh girl runners in the country. Why is it important to keep a good relationship with these these uh runners? Yeah, I think, you know, I agree with Gary. I think it's really just, you know, we all kind of share in this like um enjoyment of the sport and also we just know how much each other works um because we know how much like we work ourselves. Um, so I feel like just seeing each other, you know, excel just like makes us so happy because we know how much they wanted this. Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely, you know, how me, Roisin and Sophia really feel. We just, you know, really like are overjoyed when each other like succeeds. And it also just helps us um, get better because, you know, when we see each other chasing these barriers in times, it just really inspires and motivates us to, you know, kind of reach those goals, too. And, and I'm going to stick with you, Juliet. It's ridiculous what you high schoolers are running now. I mean, it's like a rising tide, maybe riding all, rising all the boats. You made the semis of the Olympic trials last year. I mean, you're running with some of the fastest runners in the world. How is this possible? Why is this happening now in high school running? Yeah, I mean, I think it just really starts with like one person, you know, when one person just really like succeeds it just inspires so many other people um to really get there too like whether you know you're in the same race or not or even like the same event group like I know you know when I saw Gary um go sub four like even though obviously I'm not running a sub four <laughs> mile like it just really you know inspires me um to also kind of break those barriers and so I feel like it's kind of just become you know just like a domino effect really of just all of us you know in high school um just really you know reaching those goals all right. I, I do want to address, and I know Chris addressed it with both you guys on his podcast on the Sidious Mag podcast. Uh, Gary, we'll start with you. Um, Fast Woman tweeted, y'all better make a huge deal about 
and we love Allison from Fast Woman. Uh, y'all better make a huge deal about high school senior Juliet Whitaker running 159.8 and 800. This is bigger than high school boys uh, running sub four minutes, given that 14 have done it while only two U.S. girls have broken two. How did that make you feel, Gary? I mean, it was like it was it was celebrating Juliet, but then kind of talking about you. How did you feel and tell the audience about your response? I mean, I didn't I didn't think I didn't think much of it. Like I didn't even bring myself into the picture. Like I thought it was more of just like it's the truth. Like look at what when you look at what Juliet's doing, there's been two girls in US history who have done it and it's incredible. And I think the tweet is right that it should be getting as much attention because I feel like you haven't seen as much as you should have based on the magnitude of the company she's in and what she's doing. And I think part of it is the fact that when you look at the distances, I guess the mile is a more recognizable distance and the four minute barrier is kind of, it's been historically the the barrier for, for what's considered like that top mm-hmm. level in the high school mile, but we've seen more and more people break it. And it's obviously it's still an incredible barrier, but the, the two minute in the 800 has kind of remained this, this, the big barrier that not a lot that, well, I say not a lot, only two people have broken. That. <laughs> right. Right. So, I think the more coverage it gets, the better it is for the sport, because I think we need to give other distances more respect and more coverage and especially women's women's sports and track and field. And really the be- the more coverage it gets, the better it is for the sport and the more people start to recognize the significance of other distances. Great answer, man. Great answer. And this is what he said on Twitter. And I'm not sure you're on Twitter, Juliet. So I'm going to pass it back to you. He said, I didn't feel like fast woman was belittling me at all. You're hundred percent right on Juliet. She deserves a lot of credit. Statistically, it's harder to break the four minute, uh, harder barrier to crack than the four minute mile. So breaking two minutes is harder than, than four minutes. Uh, did you see his response and how does that make you feel? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not on Twitter, but my mom was showing me the whole thread, um, and Gary's response. And honestly, I just really appreciate, appreciated that. Um, a ton because yeah like I would never you know belittle Gary's accomplishment at all because 357 is absolutely insane and incredible um but I also really appreciate it that um he kind of used that to kind of um you know shed some more light to the two-minute barrier um and just like women's sports in general that's awesome great answer from you too and I agree like let's support each other let's lift each other up all right, a couple of uh, a, a couple of we're going to get you guys out of here soon. I really appreciate your time. Just a couple more that kind of relate to both of you guys. Um, I'm going to start with you, Juliet. Again, running during COVID, you know, your guys' high school experience was different than my high school experience or anybody's high school experience over the last, you know, however long, a hundred years, whatever it is positive did you take positives out of it negatives i mean i guess you're not going to school so maybe you can run more like how did you feel about the year that you were running you know running not racing training it was just a bizarre year how did that affect you but you obviously came out on the other end um doing awesome yeah yeah i mean it was definitely hard especially just um i definitely lacked a lot of motivation in the beginning just because you know, I had no races on the calendar to kind of work towards. So I kind of just felt like I was, you know, going out on the run and working hard um, towards, you know, a goal that I wasn't really sure of. Um, So it was just a lot of uncertainty, but it also, you know, helped me a ton, just kind of strengthen like the mental aspect of my running Mm -hmm. and also just kind of, you know, figuring out why I got started in this sport and like why I love it. 
Um, so just kind of growing deeper in the sport, you know, when I wasn't kind of distracted by, you know, fast times and medals and things like that. So I think it just definitely helped me just kind of step back. And it was also just like a constant in my life that I could, you know, go to when, you know, the whole world is changing so much, you know, I could always count on just stepping out of the door, kind of forgetting everything and just going out for a run. Awesome. Um, and Gary, same question to you. How did COVID positively or negatively affect you and your running? Well, I, I really like what Juliette just said too about it being the constant in your life. Cause I felt the same way where everything else was changing. Things were getting canceled, but going out, like stepping out the door and going for a run every day was the one thing you can kind of count on. And I think it definitely made me a lot stronger as a runner because it taught me discipline. I mean, I've talked about this before, but that was, that was my first serious summer of like a lot of training. So it took a lot of mental strength to stay focused and really put the miles in when I didn't have anything to train for. And I think it just made me better and stronger in the long run because now maybe when things aren't going the best or when there's no races coming up on the schedule and maybe I'm lacking motivation, I kind of have had experience with that when I had months of it through COVID and I was able to stay disciplined and work hard and I kind of know what I have to do now and I've established the good habits that carry on. That's great. I, I agree. Um, uh, questions for you, kind of big picture for both you guys. Um, you guys are obviously in it. You're running as fast or faster than high schoolers ever have. Do you guys think about, and I'm going to start with you, Juliet, again. I'm going to start with you a lot here. Do you guys think about, because I think the answer is yes here, you think about the Olympics, the Olympics coming up in 2024. You're 18 years old. Is that a realistic goal, or is 2028, when it's back here in the U.S., is that more realistic for you? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you never know. Um, you know, I don't want to completely just kind of not think about it in 2024, you know, thinking that I couldn't reach it. Um, I feel like, you know, if I keep, you know, improving at this rate um, and, you know, really just, especially after having, you know, last year's experience at the trials um, and just kind of using that forward, um, you know, 2024 could be a goal, but I also, you know, obviously won't stress about it too much. Yeah. And Gary, Gary, how about you? 2024, 2028. I know you're thinking Olympics because that's the level you're at. Yeah. I mean, I agree with what Juliet said again, because it's, it's one of those things where, you don't want to rule it out because obviously as a runner, that's, that's the peak. Like you want to go to the Olympics, you're training to try to make the Olympics. Like that's the dream, but you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and you don't want to get so focused on making the Olympics that you're, that you're like forgetting about the little things and you're not focusing on racing in the, in the present day and the current, in the current moment. So I think I definitely keep it in the back of my mind and I would love to go to the trials and see what happens in 2024. But really it's just more about enjoying where I'm at right now, keep training, keep getting better and keep improving. And if I get there, I get there. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. I like it. I, I, I think the less pressure you put on yourself, the better you'll perform. I totally agree. Um, Gary, uh, a, a couple quick more before we get you guys out of here. Um, we've had some really stars. I'm going to ask you the same question, Juliet. We've had some stars on this podcast. I've been blessed to have a lot of really good milers on this podcast. Uh, Matthew Sensuitz, Cooper Tier. Matt Sensuitz, Reinhard Harrison, Drew Hunter. You have a faster mile time from high school than all of those runners. I, that's crazy. Like, is it crazy to you still? Or are you just like, nah, this is normal. I got this. No, it's, it's very crazy. I mean, it's, I think it's still setting in because it's one of those things where I look at these guys as these, they're like huge figures for me in the sport. They're guys who I look up to and guys who I've been inspired by. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see myself in that company at all. I think I've obviously I have a lot left to prove and I'm 
I think it's it makes sense that I'm not in that company yet, but it's it's crazy to me that I'm in terms of high school running that I'm up there with those guys. So it means a lot and it's it's definitely still setting in and I think it'll take some time to really it's usually my thing with running is when I'm in the present day, I usually don't realize the significance of it, but I like to look back maybe a few months later at a race and realize like, wow, like that was, that was an awesome race. So I think it'll be the same way when I look back and realize what I did in high school. All right. Just real quick follow-up. We've had Alan Webb on the show. You haven't gotten his time yet. Is that something in the back of your mind? You're thinking maybe it's the same thing with the Olympics question. I mean, it's, I have a lot of confidence in myself and I think I have a lot, a lot left in the legs this year where I can run a faster time, but I'm not stressing over it. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to set my laser focus on that goal and block everything else out, but I'm just going to keep training. I think I'll have a couple good opportunities where maybe I can get in a really fast mile race and see what I can do. And I would, obviously it would be, it'd be amazing. It'd be incredible to get that record, but we're just going to keep getting better and racing. All right, Juliet, we've had uh, similar. I mean, we've had stars of the sport, Molly Huddle, Kate Murphy, uh, we've had Kira Diamato on the show uh, amongst a few of the names. You've got a better high school time than all of them. Like, is this just normal for you or are you kind of pinching yourself saying, wow? Yeah, no, I still feel like I'm like waiting to wake up from like a dream. Like it still <laughs> feels so surreal. Um, and, you know, same with Gary. Like, I still don't feel like, you know, I'm in that company at all yet. Um, and yeah, they just, I'm still inspired by them, you know, every day. Well, you, we, we haven't had Mary Kane on, but her record is very much in reach. Uh, you're going to take another crack at that. I know you've got some miles coming up. Are you taking another crack at another 800 while you're in high school? Yeah. I mean, I'll be running the um, 800 at U20. So we'll see. Um, it's kind of just, it'd be cherry on top of you know, the ice cream, like it'd be such a bonus, you know, obviously I'd love it, but I'm also just so happy with the sub too. You know, you know, and, and, and side note that you have, you cut, I, I don't want to say you've made it, but I think Mew, like she was like posting about you in her story. It was pretty, you, did you see that? Yeah, I did. And I definitely was like full on fangirling. Couldn't stop. Like I was like screaming and smiling and did not feel real at all. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to get you, we're, we've got, um, we've, we've got uh, one question for each of you because there was a test here at the end. And again, thank you so much, Juliet Whitaker, Gary Martin. Um, I'm going to start with you, Gary. Okay. Juliet wrote best, uh, she wrote down sub two and high school record where, where did she write that down and looked at I it hope. every single day? On the bathroom mirror. Ding, 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 ding. All right. All right. Well done. Well done. Okay. Juliet, you did listen. You passed. I did. I did. Um, I was listening. Yeah. All right, Juliet. Gary, after his 357 mile, he did another 800 and another 400, but he also did this athletic endeavor. Played basketball. Wow, you guys did it. Well done. All right. You guys, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna breeze through Stanford and UVA. You got (laughs) this. No problem. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, I I really appreciate both of you. I cannot wait to see what the next few weeks, few months holds for you. Hey, enjoy high school, enjoy the moment. You guys are doing amazing stuff. Um, and, and thank you from Julie and from me. Thank you both for running Brooks PR. That's a 
big, big deal to us. I really appreciate it. I know you guys have really enjoyed the experience out there, but you know, from Julie is the race director. My wife is a race director. She puts that on having highlighting names, big names like you both there is a big deal. So thank you. I know you got a lot of options. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for that. All right. Gary Martin, Juliet Whitaker. Gary's a 357 miler. Juliet is a 159 800 meter runner they are some of the best who've ever done in high school gary juliet thank you guys so much i really appreciate you joining us thank you thank you chris thank you great stuff there they go juliet whitaker gary martin they joined us on pace the nation we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back after this pace the nation is brought to you by pacers running stores pacers has six stores in northern virginia and dc for the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to our star high school runner guest today for joining us on Pace the Nation, Juliet Whitaker. 159, 800-meter runner, second ever, second best ever to do it. Gary Martin, he is a 357 uh, miler. He corrected me. He's the fourth best ever outdoors, fifth best ever to do it uh, overall. Uh, but he's also the best ever in an all high school uh, race. He ran 357. You know, a few things from the from the interview. Just uh, number one, just great kids. Just really awesome, dynamic 18-year-olds. I mean, just really super dynamic. Uh, they uh, were great interviews. and you know, really humble, really cared about the, their competitors, about each other, just super interv interviews, um, really great kids, a thrill to have them on. Thanks again to all the folks who helped make it possible. Um, another thing, uh, you know, they both are just, you know, not overwhelmed by the moment that they're in, which is just incredible to me. They just kind of take it, you know, one race at a time, one step at a time and aren't worried about where they land and, the history of high school running or if they're going to make this meet or that meet or run worlds or not run worlds or make the Olympics. It, it, it's, it, they really don't put a lot of pressure on themselves and just kind of go out and have fun and do it, which was, which was awesome. Um, another thing, you know, and it strikes me about all these, these star runners is that it wasn't, or most of the star runners, it wasn't all running Juliet swimmer, Gary, obviously big into basketball, um, he played soccer, he played, uh, baseball along the way. Uh, but you know, they weren't single singularly focused on running until later in their career. So very cool. Uh, Stanford, Virginia, has got some really, really good athletes coming to them. They also, um, Gary's coaches, coach Paul and Paul Whitaker coaches, Juliet. I wonder if she calls him coach Paul. I should have asked her that too. Um, and finally, um, very smart. They obviously nailed my trivia question. So, uh, got to give them, give them props, props there. Uh, again, Stanford and UVA have, uh, have some good ones coming their way. I didn't get a chance to, 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 uh, to ask them about this or talk about this, but they also have a thread common thread that they were both pen relays mile champions, uh, this year, uh, the, the high school mile champion, uh, and the, for the boys race was, was Gary and Juliet. I think Gary ran 401 at Penn and Juliet ran, uh, uh, 441 and won that high school race. So Juliet may be a, you know, she may be a miler as well. 
All right. Thanks again to everybody who helped make this interview happen. You know, from Paul Whitaker, Alton McKenzie, Tim Fahey, Brendan Fahey, uh, and of course, Julie Cully for uh, connecting me with, with them. Great interview. Uh, today it's, uh, Juliet Whitaker, uh, Gary Martin, make sure you're following these kids careers because they got big things in front of them. All right. Episode 273 in the books. Thanks to you, the audience. Julie will be back next week. We got another exciting show. All right. Episode 273 in the books. I'm Chris Farley. This is space. The nation. We'll see you next time. When you climb-